I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to The Backstory with Claire and Susie. In each episode, we'll be hearing about an experience that has happened to someone that shaped who they are. 30 minutes that remind us that everyone's dealing with something. So we're a documentary podcast, a docupod. Except you made that word up. This week we're hearing from Vicky, a young mum and keen blogger, um, who I think we can say is a bit of a social mover and shaker, isn't she, Susan? She is. I met Vicky at a networking event that she and a friend had put on. And how do you feel about networking events? Well, you know, back in the day I think I would have completely crapped my pants and imagined that everyone there was judging me, Um, I wouldn't really have known what to talk about and probably have just dreaded it, but I think now... I don't give a monkey's really. I'm so old and curmudgeonly that I'm past caring. So, you know, maybe there are some advantages to being a more mature woman. I don't know. How about you? Do you, I bet you love a bit of networking, don't you? You're that kind of person. I can see you being very good at it. Um, I don't really know. I've never really thought about it. I've never really needed to do networking before. And it's only something that we've sort of thought about recently, isn't it? So yeah. I'm not sure if I've ever been to a networking event, to be honest. Um, I bet you could work a room like a true pro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, give us a bit of an intro to Vicky's backstory. Well, even though the first time I met Vicky, she was looking amazing, you know, super stylish. She was able to get up in front of a room full of people, speak coherently, mm-hmm. you know, put everybody at their ease. Um, but behind the scenes, she's had a pretty tough time these last few years. She's got two young boys. And when her first baby, Elijah, was born, he ended up in NICU. All right. Yeah. Um, NICU is the neonatal intensive care unit, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, and, you know, lots of people do have experience of being in NICU. You know, my you do, yeah, yeah. my middle daughter was was in for a short time. Um, But for most people, myself included, those stays, you know, they're quite short. Vicky had a different experience and it really convinced her that a lot more needs to be done, you know, to support families around what's a very difficult time for them. So let's listen to Vicky's backstory. All right. So, Vicky, um, if you could cast your mind back over your life, think of like the highs and the lows and the peaks and the troughs and yep. just 
choose one of those that you'd like to tell us about today. Yeah, easy. Got the day, the day etched in my mind. And it was the birth of my first son, Elijah. Okay. Uh, really standard labour. Waters broke. Eight hours later, he was here. Yeah. Uh, sort of got cleaned up, stitched up. And then 12 hours... Post-birth, he began having dusky episodes. So by that, when he was sort of feeding, having his nappy changed, he was going purple. Oh, God. Just really quickly. Yeah. And then he'd be normal again. Um, so luckily, he did it in front of a couple of nurses who sort of were quite concerned. Yeah. And he was whipped off to the assessment room in NICU when I was transferred to a ward. And then they came up at 1am and said that they ha- they thought he had a suspected heart murmur. So they were going to sort of keep an eye on him, see how he goes. And so the next morning, sort of asking everyone, where is he? Where is he? Um, went down there and he was attached to every single machine you could think of. Okay. Um, oxygen being pumped into him. Okay. So he had four structural abnormalities wrong with his heart. And it would be touch and go whether he would survive. So you spent your first night having given birth you spent your first night on my own without your baby on my own in a side room and the next morning a nurse came in and took the incubator and said oh it's okay because you won't need that greg came up at about 9 a.m and took me down there Mm. and just the shock the double doors the hand sanitizer going in and seeing all the small premature babies next to him yeah so my middle daughter was in NICU for a short time and i remember she was also full term yes she wasn't a big baby but I remember being in there with her and all of those tiny babies. It doesn't seem right. It's like he didn't belong there. He was twice, if not three times the size. Mm. He didn't even fit in the incubator properly. I couldn't face like sort of family and friends. We sort of had one text message that we sort of sent out to everyone. And I just couldn't face anyone. It was a struggle to get through the first few days. Then we had another blow on day three. I was woken up. Early hours of the morning by a NICU doctor to say that Elijah had been having seizures. They did a brain scan and they found out that he had a stroke. They then had to sort of pull us into a side room. This was, I think, maybe the Saturday. Mm. Um, And they said that they wouldn't know if he would walk, if he would talk, if he would meet any of his milestones. We would literally just have to wait and see. Wow. In himself, he was doing really well. He was beginning to feed. He was alert. And then, yeah, it was literally just a case of getting him really strong and ready to hopefully go home, where then we would then be under quite vigorous observation by outreach teams, by consultants, Mm. Mm. um, to then get him ready for open heart surgery. Oh, my God. So how long was he actually in for? He was in for nine days. And then when you brought him home, I mean, bringing a baby home... It was terrifying. From the hospital anyway is pretty petrifying, isn't it? It was terrifying. So you came home with him. Yeah. And you were you were really closely monitored. Yeah, you know, you, yeah they're amazing. The, the NICU outreach team, they come and see you sort of every couple of days. They okay. tested his um, saturation, his oxygen saturation, yeah. weighed him to make sure he was putting weight on. And then I think after maybe two, three weeks, we were actually discharged from them because he was doing so well. Brilliant you sort of wouldn't notice him even being ill if you weren't aware of it. But I was, I was very aware of it. I didn't want to take him to sort of baby groups and have to face all the questions. Mm. So we generally stayed at home quite a lot. Um, The next sort of thing was that we didn't have a surgery day. 
So for six months, we had it hanging over our heads, not knowing when or where. Had you been given any idea? You know, sometimes they like to kind of leave surgery until, you know, the child is two or something. It has to be done within the first year. Right, okay. So we always knew it was the first year. But then we were entering sort of like him being six months old. You know, I needed to start thinking about, you know, we always wanted him to go to nursery. Mm. I needed to go back to work. Mm. And yet here we are with this surgery hanging over us that could potentially kill my child I deteriorated very very quickly mentally they said I could call Great Ormond Street Hospital up speak to the cardiac office and put him on a cancellation list so we would go down he would have all the tests done pre-admission tests Mm. we would then get put on a list if a surgery gets cancelled within 24-48 hours we'd get a call and we would go down and we would take that spot. I'd say you'd be on like a constant red alert almost. Yeah, so packed his bags, we did it. We went down for pre-admission, had all the tests done. Um, and actually, I came out with a surgery date before we left the hospital. Wow. Two weeks. And those two weeks, I just felt I couldn't enjoy them with him. Mm. Just because I felt like we were just sort of creating the memories in case he like had died. The day before we went down to London, a lot of our friends and family sort of came around to see him. And it mm. did really feel like a goodbye. Like people were saying goodbye to him. We went down within 20 minutes, I think 20 minutes of him about to go down, his surgery was cancelled. Oh. <sighs> joking and we literally within five minutes were told to go home why was it cancelled there was a heart transplant that had come in okay so i was just like oh my god so a child had died to give the heart a child would possibly live because they were receiving the heart yet my son was going away yeah yeah, without having his operation and we were i was like how long have we got to wait again it was a week so you went back down a week later they let me hold him as they put him to sleep took him put him on the table because he was so like like a heavy weight yeah we then get the call from the surgeon to say the surgery was a success okay when I looked at him it wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be whereas Greg hadn't prepared Mm. he hadn't he didn't know about the equipment that was going to be there like chest strains you have to have chest strains stitched into you (sighs) he was amazing he was sitting up eating laughing and talking probably by the end of day two. So again, you brought him home and how yep. did things... It was a bit trickier this time because there was physically differences. So because when you go in for open heart surgery, they break your sternum. Okay. I couldn't lift him up under the arms. And obviously it's really oh, instinctive yeah. to pick a baby up under yeah. their arms. So we had to learn how to pick him up by like scooping, like scooping. him up. Yeah, yeah. Um, how old is he now? He is nearly four. He's four in September. Oh, he's got so much energy. He keeps up with all of his friends. He's uh, every milestone. What are your feelings kind of looking back on that period? Sometimes it's only afterwards when you think, oh, Christ, you know, did we really go through all of that and you realize the impact it's had the impact mentally on me was really tough okay um when we came back from the hospital obviously greg had sort of drawn a line and a lot of people had he's fixed now which is something i despise because he's not yeah he's he's had a heart repair but this he's got this condition for the rest of his life we're hoping at the minute we're looking at sort of teenage years to have another valve replacement how about the impact on you actually got diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay. And what were the sort of symptoms that you'd been having? I physically couldn't move on. I got flashbacks from NICU, from the surgery. I relived it again and again and again. I didn't sleep. I eventually went to get help, but it took a lot, a lot in me to go do it. And I had to do it on my own. But I started blogging 
as a way of trying to release it all. Okay. Which did really help. Okay. But it's so explain blogging for anyone that's over the age of 45. <laughs> uh, short articles published online. Yeah. But, so I have my own site that people can go to and basically read what I think. Okay. Nobody was talking about what happens when your baby goes into NICU. Okay. Or when things go wrong or yeah. when, you know, you go wrong a little bit. Yeah. And it's only through social media, Instagram, that I began to connect with people of basically parents with heart babies. Yeah. Um, that I felt I suddenly started feeling like normal. What makes you feel normal with those other parents? Uh, it's probably just sort of like the things that you have to worry about, like just sort of having his medical notes sort of on standby by yeah. the door, uh, having to explain it, you know, every, nearly every day. If you, just yeah. simple things like going yeah. to the doctors. Yeah, just Dentist, always, I have to yeah. explain it to the dentist yeah. every time. Uh, certain so all those forms we get where it's like any medical... And, and oh God, yeah, I'm just ne- no. And you're writing I'm there for like 10 years. <laughs> I really am. Um, there is still, you know, I am very aware that I am a mother to a child that is ill and mm. will be ill for the rest of his life. Mm. So tell me a little bit, because I know one of the things you feel strongly about is kind of the the provision of mental health support yes. for, for parents that are going through this. What kind of things do you so pick up on? Looking back, there was no mental health support for me and what I was going through, yeah. whether that was in the hospital, physically on the NICU ward. I mean, I will say the NICU staff, the nurses, they do such a good job. Mm. I think they probably do more than they should. Mm. They generally care about you as well. Yeah. So it's although their job is to look after your baby they will look after you too yeah and they are amazing but they're not mental health professionals and they're busily looking after yes all, those all these babies, babies. Yeah, yes of course I think if someone had sat down with me before I'd left the hospital they would have known that something was wrong no one was there to sit down and assess me mentally yeah 70% of NICU parents will have some form of mental health mm. develop mm. um whether that be you know depression anxiety mm. um and it might not be at the time because it doesn't end when your baby comes home. No. It, it probably really is actually just the start of it. I think sometimes as well is when the dust settles afterwards. That's it, that's perfect. When it yeah. hits you like wham in the face and what you, you, yeah. you really, you suddenly have time to actually appreciate, you know, what you've just been through and yeah. how close things were. And what about services for dads? You said that, um, is it Greg? Yes. You said Greg had kind of a very different way of dealing yeah. with it although greg did not give birth to <laughs> elijah he still he was there every single day he still went through exactly what i did but yeah. he was sort of just pushed to the sidelines now having to deal with me yeah and elijah being sick yeah he took on a lot yeah but there was no outlet for him either i am pushing for there to be change for there to be the dedicated system for when you're in NICU you get mentally assessed okay and then you have a follow-up so that nobody falls through yeah. the net and I am literally pushing this all the way to parliament yeah I'm not going to shut up about this I sometimes think when people campaign for something that's very close to their heart yeah difficult question to ask you and you might take in and I'm sorry if this comes across in the wrong way but I sometimes wonder whether that's a way of sort of Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass." 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Slightly um, distracting themselves from part of the grief and difficulty yeah. that they're... No, I could see what you mean, sort of keeping busy and sort of... Yeah, like perhaps some must ways. do something. Yeah, yeah I must. guess I guess that is perhaps one of the reasons. I mean, I feel very passionately about it, yeah. something. This is something you feel for me, so, yeah, so strongly. About. It is a more for change. Yeah. It needs to be changed. I keep us posted, eh? We're gonna see how this goes. <laughs> All right, Vicky, thank you so much That's for talking to <laughs> us. It's a pleasure. So, Claire, first impressions. Yeah, um, well, even though my youngest isn't actually three yet, it's amazing how you forget that sheer worry of those early days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, completely, you do, yeah. And, yeah, the experience that Vicky and Greg must have had, I, you know, I think it was obviously particularly scary, and and I think Vicky found it really scary, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, I think she did. It, it reminded me, if you think back to when we did Lottie's story at the end of season one, for anyone that hasn't listened, Lottie had experienced birth trauma, and she also had PTSD, which which Vicky mentioned that she had. And it's just really kind of opened up a whole new load of stuff to me that, to be honest, wasn't on my radar. It makes me feel that perhaps I was quite lucky when I had my children, you know, that things things didn't go completely smoothly. But I didn't suffer anything that was traumatic. And, you know, it's just clear that there are a number of, you know, a lot of people walking around having had these really difficult experiences. Yeah, definitely. I mean, childbirth is inherently traumatic, isn't it? Um, it is. Yeah, you're kind of on full alert anyway. You're so yeah, vulnerable, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. You, you know, you know, it's never, well, very unlikely to go smoothly. Especially yeah. if you've had like a good pregnancy. Well, you know, then my friend always says, well, you're going to have a crap birth there. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so at some point they're going to get you. But yeah, I think because you're so vulnerable and then to go into that sort of situation that she went into of, of having a baby Nikki, it's you're just at your lowest point anyway, aren't mm. you? And then to have to try and do that. So mm. obviously Vicky's interview was cut, but did she talk any more about how it affected her? She did, yeah. She, she explained how she had been misusing pills I don't really know I don't actually know what sort but she was misusing pills I think Greg uh, was working very long hours and she was just very very isolated and and actually then when she kind of 
turned to reading stuff online, what she was coming up with was just quite medical or those kind of generic new parent blogs that just didn't really reflect what she'd been through. I know that she had some trouble accessing counselling, so she started blogging, didn't she? Should we talk about that? Oh, God, yeah. I don't know what I think about this. I'm going to be absolutely honest, and I kind of can't make up my mind whether it's an age thing or a personality thing. Because I think even you and I are quite different, aren't we? And I sometimes wonder whether that's, you know, because I'm just even just a few years older, does that make a difference? But I think you maybe are a bit more willing to share things online than I am, do you think? I mean, I probably am an edge more willing than you yeah, are. Yeah, but I still... I the old photo, but yeah, not... maybe still... Not feelings or anything like no. that. No. <laughs> My God, draw the no, line of feelings. feelings. I mean, look... <laughs> You know, there's there's a really fundamental difference between talking face to face with someone, you know, and, and I do kind of stand by that. I think, you know, there's that whole experience of being there with them. You know, you can be silent. You can just have a good boo. You don't kind of feel as though you have to explain everything coherently. You can just kind of ramble on or rant or cry or whatever, you know, and you're you're able to get a hug or I don't know it just feels like a fundamentally I think the the fundamental thing with that also is that you're not measured it's not measured in any way is it so yes like you you know you come around here you're not kind of if you were to tell me something that you're upset about whatever you're not then measuring how long I spend with you doing it like you're not measuring how much I react to you and but when you put something online you're like oh I got like you know 25 likes and like three comments or you know some people getting hundreds of comments yes and I can see that becomes incredibly addictive but also really unsatisfactory because you never get a proper response do you it's like you know it is is that kind of falseness of online which you know I do think that people feel that they're kind of getting support and like it's nice that there's sort of outpouring for different people's stories Mm. But it's just, I mean, maybe I think we probably sound incredibly old fashioned, yeah. but like, but maybe yeah. we need to because that I think that there is that sort of fundamental difference between, you know, everyone says this, it's about real life, isn't it? It's about sort of having that response in real life and it's, it's immeasurable. It's just, yes. it's just a real thing. Yeah. I, th- I think it's just one of those things that for me, I would never want to say, I, d- I don't think it's a bad thing and I think each to their own people have got to kind of do what works for them but I just think it's one of those things to exercise a bit of caution around there's also the privacy thing I suppose um, yeah completely and yeah. Then sometimes you might talk about one aspect of your life to a friend such as your career but then if you're having a problem in your relationship then you might talk to a different friend yeah absolutely uh, and you yeah. don't talk to all your friends about about everything. every single problem no completely um, you know different different people are you know have something to bring to different problems don't they and sometimes you just want to talk to one person and, and actually you don't want to put something out there that anybody can access yeah, yeah it does seem to make you really vulnerable but then on the other hand I think that there are some positives um yeah absolutely and you know as I say it's I, I wouldn't say that it's a negative and I do completely understand that people can find it helpful and that you know certainly I think when people kind of put this stuff out there it can be helpful for the reader as well you know if somebody else comes across it and And it resonates with them in some way yeah the perfect thing about the or the brilliant thing about the internet is is finding like-minded people who are going through the same experience so you might not have anybody else you know who's got a baby in NICU yeah um but or had a baby in NICU but you will find a whole host of them online and you'll be able to kind of like go oh yeah for exactly the same and there's something very 
you know, reassuring, isn't there, of finding like-minded people or yeah. people who've been through the same experience. So I can yeah. really see that. Yeah, it's, well, it's we sound incredibly old, don't but we? Let's still talk to a friend. <laughs> yeah, have a coffee. Like, oh, there, do you know, yeah, just <laughs> meet up, real life, have a coffee. Keep it real. Yeah. Um, Vicky's blog is in the show notes and she's collated other people's stories and found such similarity over time. Yeah, and she's really determined to raise the issues of gaps in provision. Um, it's hard when you can see that there's a gap in, in service provision, but also... We were well aware that the limitations of funding in the NHS and it can't do everything. Well, I mean, what do you think in those situations? Should we be paying for that ourselves? Should we, like... Do you know, I think if you... I, I completely take on board that times are very hard at the moment, comparatively. You know, we're still the sixth largest economy. But I think, you know, times are very hard and lots of services are being cut. But actually, I still feel that... You know, if you have a burning issue about something, then you should push for that. I it's agree. Not, it's not yeah. our responsibility to worry about how it's being worry about. For. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And um, the other side of the coin is that we do have to pay for these services, and so we do kind of need to have that bigger discussion, don't we? And personally, really? no. well, no, <laughs> no. Honestly, I am one of. The, I'm in favour of progressive taxation I do think we need to be a higher oh, tax nation really very well quickly. no no oh but God, you know about- there was something I heard the other day about how we want to be a what was it like a Swedish system with American taxes or something like that you know mm. and actually you can't have it both ways can no, you you know if we're gonna if we want services we have to be prepared to pay for them and I think that any tax system that's based on income is the fairest way of doing it so there we go that's me on missile box. Yeah, and I think also one last thing I want to say on this is that it is very easy once you've given birth like to kind of be like, right, okay, that's done. It was pretty hideous. I didn't feel like I was that supported or whatever the thing is. And But because you've got like little children and you kind of want to move on, like you just do. Yeah. But yeah, I do think it's important that as women we do support anybody who's trying to do that kind of thing. Yes, because I agree. You know, and yeah. trying to sort of fight a corner as it were. Yeah. Because actually... It's so easy just to move on because you're so desperate to, like, you know, leave it all behind. Yeah. But, but, you know, things aren't going to change if we all do that. Yeah. And actually, you know, in Vicky's story, moving on has been a very difficult thing to do. You know, she's had a second baby since Elijah was born. And I think that has kind of brought home the reality of what happened. You know, she described how with the second baby, you know, she'd be thinking, oh, when Elijah was this old, this was happening. And when right. he was this old, this yeah. was happening. And sort of almost reliving it. Well, but she had any counselling? Yeah, she did. She she ended up going and finding counselling privately. But, you know, she said it was enormously helpful. Did you ask her what sort of counselling? <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. Um, I know you're always interested. Yeah, in I am. Yeah, it's one of my bugbears. It does. It makes a difference. It makes an absolute difference. People need to know what kind okay, of... Okay, so why, why does it make a difference? In what way? Well, because, you know, p- there are different sorts of practitioners out there. So, okay, I'll give you an example from years ago. There was this woman that I used to know, and she had a phobia. This is a really weird anecdote. We are going off at a at a proper tangent here, right. but she had a phobia about other people being in the loo and her not being able to get to the loo if she needed it. Oh. So, okay, so, you know... Build this, another loo. Well, you know, we were students at the time. Oh, right. It wasn't realistic. Okay. Um and she ended Potty. up. <laughs> well, you're not taking this seriously. Sorry, I just put she... alternative things out there rather than counselling. Garden. It's a nice practical, a practical <laughs> approach to this, Susie. One of those commodes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. That's commode, what they would have done in my commode in day. the kitchen. Absolutely yeah. lovely. Nothing wrong with Nothing that. Nothing wrong with that. 
Anyway, carry on. Moving swiftly on. Basically, right, she had this phobia. She didn't like other people going to the loo. Like, I mean, really, like, didn't like Were you living with her? No, thankfully not. I was going to say, like, no, you no. like the pressure no, I mean, to go to the loo know, so quickly. About, yeah, house. completely. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she realised it was a problem and um, went to get... Um, therapy to kind of fix this problem but she just kind of drifted into having um kind of psychoanalysis oh my god so she spent i mean a long time like maybe i don't know she could have gone back like a couple she could have afforded a new loo basically but you know she spent a lot of money and a lot of time in psychoanalysis still had the loo problem and i just think if she'd been really clear about what she was trying to and what counseling would you have prescribed her I don't know because I'm not a therapist, but you know, some sort of behavioral, you know, yeah. or bloody hypnotherapy or something. I don't right. know, but yeah. something that just addressed that specific behavior rather than, you know, the whole life. Yeah. The whole life because that was not necessary. Sometimes so it is. I do, you know, I do feel that it's really important if you're seeing a counselor that you're kind of clear on what it is they're offering okay so to sum up I think Vicky's story really brought home how sometimes the shocker event hits you a bit later yeah definitely she she really felt that I think for me it's the whole that whole thing about blogging and just the role that that plays in people's recovery you know not saying it's a bad thing just saying <laughs> treat it with a bit of caution right and we're not having any blogs from you no definitely um not. and finally there's just that old chestnut about services for dads yeah yeah um there are positive signs but it crops up again and again in all our story well not all our stories obviously but um but anecdotally about how dads are still a bit of a second thought which particularly with these birth ones i think is um you know, it's quite tricky. Yeah, I'd quite. I'd like to do a program from a dad's perspective. That would be good. Yeah, it? it would. And we have tried, but yeah. um, if you're a dad and there's some aspect of being a father that you think is underreported, then please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. We would definitely. Okay, Claire, what's our podcast recommendation this week? Yeah, it's Death in Ice Valley, produced by um, BBC Worldwide. No, worldwide. Service. Worldwide. It's like the World Wide Web, but it's just a serve. No, okay, service so, part of the web. <laughs> so sorry, BBC World Service and NRK, which I believe is a Norwegian mm. um, broadcasting. I don't know what it stands for, but anyway, and they. Um, it's a Norwegian story, basically about a woman. Um, a real life disappearance of a woman who went missing almost 50 years ago. Yeah, it's it's one of those that I've had kind of sitting in my library for a long time and I haven't listened to, but you know, I've heard I've had good things about it. Yeah, yeah. it's had good reports. It's um it's I've enjoyed it. It's a bit it's a bizarre story, but basically this woman's body was found in a very unusual circumstances in 1970. And the podcast follows the mystery of who she was and how she was killed over 10 episodes. So if you're looking for something to binge listen on to mm. while you're lying by the pool, then this might be a good one. Next week, we hear from Linda, who is someone that both Claire and I know because she's the cleaner at our local school and has the most amazing story of recently becoming blind. We're going to hear how she's coping because it's absolutely fascinating. We are The Backstory Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at The Backstory Pod on Twitter. I'm pretty sure you know this stuff by now, but do make sure you hit subscribe so that the new episodes are automatically downloaded. Remember, drop us a review, sign up a friend, help us out a bit. We'll be back next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.